Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out. We want to hear from you. Welcome. We are back on the Author's Porch. I am so excited to be here with my co-host, Anastasia. How are you doing, girl? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. It's so good to see you again. We don't get to see each other very often. We might have to get this every week, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, we are also talking with, we've got got, uh, CO Vault. I'm sorry. I am I'm flustered because my computer just made a noise, right? And it's like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> How you doing over there, CEO? I am good. How are I'm you? I'm doing good. I want to introduce everybody to CEO because we got connected through a mutual friend of ours because she is actually from where I was born and raised. And, um, but we didn't know each other in my former life. We met in our new life, which is the author life. CO writes these wonderful books. And I had the honor of actually reading both of her books and helping her bring her uh, joy, bring her art to life, I guess you would say, and the formatting aspect of it. So CO writes for the children with love. It is a series about Um, saving the children. I'm going to let her explain it because I cannot do it justice. I've read the books and I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you've had a chance to read them yet, Anastasia, but I was reading them and I, and I told CO when I first started reading her first book, I read about the first five pages and I was like, I don't know if I can read this, but then I got past that, that first five pages and I went through every single emotion that you can think of. And I thought, Oh my God, how can I not read this? So when she said, when she said, I've got the second book written and ready to go, I was like, oh yeah, let me read it. So like we can get this going because we need to get it published. So (laughs) like, like seriously. So she has her two books in the series and she's writing more. And she also has a uh, children's book that is published. So I want CO to tell you about these books because these books are literally going to grab you in your heart and in your mind, and they're going to take you to places you never thought. I mean, you're going to feel rage. You're going to feel compassion. You're going to feel triumph. You're going to jump out of your chair and get ready to join in the fight because I know I did. So tell us about, yeah, like, like this is some heavy stuff. So give us some of your, before you tell us about the book. Tell us about your background and what made you want to write this particular subject. I feel like maybe I should tell you about our first conversation because my friend, Beth Fletcher, I think it's Hudson Fletcher now or something like that, but we went to high school together and I don't think I've seen Beth since we graduated in 1989. Um, So not to age ourselves or anything, but... (laughs) You know, but she, you know, we connected on Facebook and she's always been this wonderful supporter to me and um, she's been great with the books and we've messaged and stuff like that. And she finally connected me with you. And I know that when I first talked to you, 
I told you that basically I've always wanted to write books. I'm, I'm a lifelong reader. I love to read. And I've always had this dream of being an author, but I've never had the courage to do it. And I'm a teacher. Um, I, I waited till I was 35 years old to go to college. So I'm a late in life teacher. Um, I raised my, I had my kids all in, in school first. And then I went to college, became a teacher. And I taught for several years. And then I left teaching and I started working for the Department of Child Services. Um, actually, when I went to college, I started in human services and switched to teaching. And then I went to the Department of Child Services. And I was in the last few weeks of my cohort. There's a three-month training. And uh, I went to a, a class and it was on sex abuse. And they, you know, we had to go through the sex abuse class. And I remember telling the lady as I was walking out the door, I said, if there's ever an opening on your sex abuse team, I want to be on it. And I did not, I think it was less than a day. I had an email from her saying, hey, email this person. And I hadn't even finished, I hadn't even graduated yet. I was still going to houses and I was following my mentor and everything around. And um, so I sent this email having no idea what I was doing. And I, and it was coming to us at such and such time tomorrow. So I went down and met and before I knew it, I was on the sex abuse team. I was pulled from my mentor and put with a mentor on the sex abuse team. Um, in Indianapolis, we have a sex abuse team. They don't have that in most Department of Child Services. Um, most of them just have everybody's doing everything. But we have such a huge number of sex abuse cases that we actually have to have a team. So I worked on the team for about a year and a half. And as, as horrible as this probably sounds, that was my favorite job in my life. Um, I loved that job because I felt like I was really making a difference because I got to be that person that was the first knock on the door. I'm here to save the kid. I'm gonna take the kid. I'm gonna take it to the forensic interview. I'm gonna have this child interview and I'm gonna save him and I'm not gonna let him get hurt anymore. Um, I interviewed the victims and I interviewed the perpetrators and I interviewed the parents and I interviewed all of those involved and I worked with the forensic interviewers. And I loved, loved, loved that job. I will say after a year and a half, I found it very lonely. Nobody wanted to hear how my day was. Nobody wanted to hear anything because it was so hard. But, you know, we talked about sex, sex abuse over sushi at lunch. I mean, that was just what we did every day. And it wasn't that we were numb to it. It was just that was what we were surrounded with daily. Um, so anyways, my son, it was funny, uh, my oldest son came to me one day and he goes, mom, I have the best idea for a job for me. I'm like, what? He goes, it's great. You give me a list of, of pedophiles. I go to the door, I knock on the door. I said, are you so-and-so? You touch so-and-so and I shoot them and we're good. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great job but it's not a legal job, honey. So no, you can't do that. And he was like, but man, that would be cool to get rid of all those people that were hurting kids. And so take me back to, I, I left DCS. I went back to teaching. Um, I was in teaching for about a year. And I, I literally was in the bathtub. That's where all my ideas come. I have all my greatest ideas are born in the bathtub. And I'm, I'm in the bathtub trying to relax and I'm thinking about some things going on at school and I'm thinking about DCS and I'm thinking about my son saying that to me and it was like, 
I got an idea. And before I got out of the bathtub, Sadie's story was written. The beginning, mm -hmm. the end, the names, the, the, the prologue, all of it was written. And so the books are about Delaney Lake. She is a social worker and she has a mysterious past that has led her to open a organization called Children Come First. And that organization deals with child sex abuse. And she is sick and tired of people getting away with hurting children. So she decides she's just gonna take it into her own hands. Yeah. So um, that is what For the Children with Love is about. I would like to say that my husband told me when I was on, on the sex abuse team, he's like, people can't hear that. Normal people cannot hear that kind of thing. So when you read the books, you don't have to be afraid because I did keep in mind that normal people cannot hear about the details of child sex abuse and sleep at night. So you know what happens to Sadie, you know what happens to the victims, but you don't get graphic details. You don't, you know, it's nothing like that. You do hear from the, her perspective and others' perspectives, but you're not getting that graphic detail that makes you go, I can't read this anymore. And I hope you found that CJ. Yes, absolutely. And um, I just want to go back real quick because it was funny how you said all your ideas are born in the bathtub because um, all of them. I think, I think every author has a place uh, that their ideas are born in. Uh, mine are born in a car. Like you put me on a long car ride and I'm coming back with five or six books depending on how long the car ride is. What about you, Anastasia? Where are you? Where are you where's your book born out of? Mine are born in the shower every time. <laughs> having a conversation with myself so at the bathtub I'm like okay I thought I was the only person that do this in the bathroom so, I even so come up with great Christmas ideas in the bathtub every idea I have is great in the bathtub and last night in the bathtub I came up with a major twist in the next book so born in the bathtub I'm excited so what, yeah when I was reading your books that was one thing um because I didn't have any premise about, about what your books were about when I first read it. So when I, like I said, when I read the first five pages and I realized it was about uh, child sexual assault, I was like, I can't read about child sexual assault. That's just, you know, I've got two kids and the thought of someone harming my kids, I wouldn't want it to happen to them. But when I started reading it, I could read it because you're right. It does not give you those details that make your stomach cringe or make you feel icky for reading about it. It's not. Um, one of the things that I loved was every character in your book, it is told from the first person point of view. Like I literally sat in each character's shoes of that book and felt what they felt. I saw what they saw. I listened to what they heard. And I was, I mean, I was even in the perpetrator's shoes and I was like, hating myself at that point. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, let me get out of this book a little bit. So, yeah. And that's the hardest one to write from because it's, you know, I've, I've been in the interviews with the detectives interviewing the perpetrators. The only time I had, a, I had to interview them as if they were not gonna substantiate, they weren't gonna do anything about it, then I had to go interview them. And I've met some creepy people and I've sat with some creepy people. And, um, but I've watched some interviews that that kept me up at night. I watched interviews that made me cry all the way home. I used to have a stopping point 
before I got to my house, um, it was a, a furniture warehouse and I would pull off the road and I would sit there and calm myself so that when I got home, I could just be mom. I was never able to turn it off though. And which was one of the reasons I left DCS. It wasn't because I didn't like the job. I loved the job, mm -hmm. but I felt like I wasn't being the mom. I, I was a single mom at the time and I needed to be a, available. And, you know, when my daughter's saying, hey, I need to be to work in an hour and I'm going, sorry, I'm on an assessment and I can't be there. So you're going to have to find a ride. I felt like I was failing my children. Mm -hmm. And so I had to put them first. Right. Um, but I... I did. I had a stopping point where I had to stop and, and calm myself before I would go home. But there were many nights I spent crying after watching interviews with the people that did this to children and, and watching them and the evil, the just pure evil. So when I write my books, I sit with my eyes shut and I just start typing and I become that person, whether it's a nine-year-old girl or a 14-year-old girl or a mother of a child or Delaney or whoever, I become that person. And when I become that perpetrator, I'm pulling from all of those interviews that I've watched and listened to and been involved in, and I'm becoming that horrible person. And I'm telling you, you don't want to come into the room when I'm that person because I'm just hateful and I mean, and I'm just this nasty person that I can't even stand. And I normally have to go take a bath and calm down <laughs> when I get yeah, done with yeah. it, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's funny. Now you've got um, Sadie's story, which is your first book. Uh, right. Nevaeh stories just came out the end of November or was it the beginning of December? I think it was the end of November. And I will say, I think personally, Nevaeh's is my favorite so far. I think hers is much deeper. You know, I was, I just knew that I had it figured out. And then, bam, no. And I was like, like I literally <laughs> wanted to run into the room and tell people about it. I'm like, wait, this wasn't a movie. I was just reading a book and I'm the only one that knows about it. So I couldn't. <laughs> So I couldn't, I couldn't share it with my family. So I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I can't talk to you guys about it. I'll have to talk to Debbie. I'll have to talk to CEO about it. So. Yeah. So. And I will tell you, you know, my name's Debbie, but I go by CEO Vault. And I'll tell you that that comes from the fact that when I started writing Sadie's story, I said the book, the book came to me in the bathtub. Um, but I didn't write anything. I was too scared and didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't have that confidence. And then um, we found out my second son had cancer. And the book became this escape for me because I had to escape that fear. He's an adult and I have no control and I can't do anything about this. And cancer is so much bigger. And Sadie's story became this way of me coping. Um, and that's when I started writing the book was when he started going through all of that. And, and, you know, praise God, he is cancer free and they just had their first baby and everything is wonderful. Um, right. So that's all good. Yeah. I mean, that's all super right. good. Um. But that's when I started writing Sadie's story. 
And it was literally a way when I'm a better person when I'm writing. Yeah. That. So let me ask you, um, I know you, you were just part of my book that I just published. And we published some of your, your true story, which is about your life. Mm -hmm. And you went through yeah. many years, um, and, and Anastasia, chime in here if this is something that you went through in your life, because uh, CO talks about the, the self-doubt and not knowing if she could write this story, if she should write this story, um, and having that, kind of like that, that, that thing on your shoulders that says, no, you can't, or, you know, that self-doubt. And in your story, you talk about that. What? was that point in your life that said, I don't have to doubt myself anymore. I've got this. For me, it was honestly when, um, when my husband now, my husband Jim and I got together and I had somebody that really just 100% believed in me. Um, and another part of it was my friend, Sherry, um, Sherry Greensmith is her name. And Sherry and I met in kindergarten. So not to, not to age us, but we've been friends for 44 years. So, um, you know, I had told her, I had told several people, I'm gonna write a book. And they were all like, oh, good job, good job, guys. You know, um, but when I told Sherry, she was like, well, yeah, of course you are. When are you gonna do it? You know, it was almost like, she always knew I wanted to, and she was just waiting for that time. And so I sent it to her first. I sent like the first couple chapters to her and I really needed to know that I could do this. You know, my husband was always like, do it, you can do it. You know, he believed in me. But when Sherry came back with, okay, Debbie, I cannot wait to read more, get busy. I know this is gonna be good. She gave me that encouragement and that belief that I needed and because she knows me probably um she knows she literally if she ever writes a book about me I better be dead she knows <laughs> everything about me so you know yeah she's not allowed to tell um she knows where the secrets are kept and what where to burn so she she was huge in this whole process, and she still is. Um, she is still probably my one of my number one supporters, you know. And even my mom and dad, they were like, "Oh, great job!" And I was, and I got sidetracked. I have a million things in this head of mine. Um, I write under the name Co Vault because my maiden name is Koval, and my dad taught me to love reading. Um, and my parents, I have great parents. They're wonderful. They're supportive. They're loving, and. I wanted to um, honor my maiden name. Um, so I do write under CO Vault because my maiden name is Cobalt. And I also write under it because I don't want my students to read my books. And my little people want to read, you know, because if it says Debbie Lake and they're going to read it. So the, the children's book is written under Debbie Lake. And, but my adult books are written um, under a different name because um, I want to honor my parents and I don't want my little people to read them or attempt to. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah. but Sherry was the main thing. Yeah, yeah, so. That's awesome. Um, now, Anastasia, you're, you're younger, you're in your 20s. Um, 
did you ever in a, did you ever have that doubt that self-doubt put on you that you couldn't write because I know you've got what is it 15 or 17 books out there <laughs> we're almost there uh, <laughs> I thought it was so a lot book 14 comes out okay. next month um well that's not including the children's book so that's why I think you came up with the 17 so you might be actually right um but yes I have um been through the self-doubt I kept talking myself out of it um if you know my backstory I've been writing since grade school so grade school came I, I was writing high school came I was writing and I still never felt confident enough to actually finish anything um me and my friends when we were growing up I used to write little plays about us I used to write little short stories but I still never felt confident so um 2018 is when I had my second son and I was on maternity leave going crazy I'm like I know I can be in here doing something. I, I know I can't. I just know I didn't clean the house. I didn't get the laundry. I'm taking care of a baby. I am bored. Like I am going crazy. So I started with my very first book, that's Dear Diary, and I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. And but will anybody like it? So like I was still kind of talking myself out of it. But once the story started to flow, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the chance and I'm going to go ahead and get it published. And that's the book that went through the publishing company. And I'm like, they liked it. Okay, cool. Okay, so I think I'm on to something. And then from then on, I'm up 14 books now. And I'm like, I will never doubt myself again because I know what I'm capable of doing. I did all that doubting. I probably would be so far ahead right now if I didn't doubt myself. I got to the point where it's like, okay, sometimes I don't talk proper English. My, I probably am not spelling the words correctly in certain areas, but I mean, who cares? Just write it and we'll deal with the grammar and all of that stuff later. So I'm happy I got out of, got out of that headspace because that, that's not a good place to be. You, we talk ourselves out of a lot of things and we're fearful of people not liking it, but in reality, they actually love it. So that, that's good. Yeah, that's and, you know, neat. I'm really glad that both of you talked about the self-doubt that you had and which held you back just a little bit for some of us and for some others, it, it holds them back a lot. Um, I didn't write my first book until I was 40. That was when I published my first book and it was a children's book and I, I did all everything myself, including the, the graphic, you know, draw. I, I drew by hand. Um, that is the worst book you will ever see, but it's my favorite and it will always be my favorite. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's run-on sentences, there's there's words spelled wrong. You probably won't even know what you're reading when you read it, but I absolutely love it. But because of the self-doubt, I wouldn't do it for so many years. And I looked at where I was then and where I am now and the progress that I've made. Imagine if we started when we had that first idea, right? Yes. And, there's so many authors out there that do not start when they want mm -hmm. to start or people in general that don't start when they have the idea or the passion to do something. And the thing is, is you get better with time. You get better. Not everyone is born. Um, not everyone's born great. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for sharing those self-doubts that you went through uh, because it's, it's important that we share those to let other people know 
that you have to come to something to get so um co you have two books right now in the for the children with love series how many books do um what's it called look ahead what's that word called well i tell you it's late i can't think of my word <laughs> what is that word <laughs> What do you project? How many books? I do you left project? for a minute, but only for a minute. Are you there, CEO? What did you say? How many books do you project to be in uh, your series? I am. Can you hear me now? Mm -hmm. Okay, so ask the question again. I couldn't hear you. I by connection. Okay. How many books do you project to be in your For the Children with Love series? Oh my gosh. Well, I have the two. I'm working on Danielle's story next. And then the next one I think is going to be Nathan's story. And then I don't know after that because I could honestly just, I could keep writing book after book after book. Um, mm -hmm. I do have another book that I'm working on that has nothing to do with sex abuse that is totally different um, called Taking Back What's Mine. And I think after Danielle's story, I'm going to work on that. The ideas in my head. I have, If I were able to write full time, I would probably have a book every two or three months. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish. Mm -hmm one day <laughs> I'm, I'm working towards it <laughs> well we're going to claim it right here yes that by the end of 2021 we will be full-time doing just this right here that would be awesome that's bringing, it bringing more people to their dreams of authoring and just killing it just killing yeah it. yes <laughs> yeah i love it i love it so and i think it's a it's really important to involve your friends and family, because I know that um, my workmates, my pod mates, Melissa and Jen and Kim and Shell, I mean, they read along with Sadie's story mm -hmm. and they would come in in the morning and be like, I hate him. What are you going to do to him? You need to do something to him. <laughs> like, I got this, guys. I got this. You know, they would get so excited. And then my mom read it and her friend Bev read it. And my Sherry's mom, Mary, read it. Um, and then when I started writing Nevaeh's story, um, my mom would text me in the middle of the night and I, my, it would ding. And of course you look when it's your mom in the middle yeah. of the night, they live in another state and it, mom would be like, okay, here's my problem. You need to do something about this, 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 and, this. and she would like have this list of things about the book and, and it inspires you it makes you want to write more it gets you excited and it keeps you interested in what you're doing knowing that other people are waiting yeah so and I even had my boss um Jennifer Rhodes read Sadie's story I was like hey by the way I published a book would you want to read it and she's like uh yeah I'll read it and she happened to go home sick from work and started reading Sadie's story and she texted me and she goes um, this isn't a children's book. I figured it would have chickens in it and be a kid's book. And I'm like, no, no, it's not a children's book. And she's like, oh my gosh. And she's one of my biggest supporters. That's so, 
Yeah, I mean, it's really neat when you have this community around you. That's important. Um, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Community is big. Uh, and some people have it, some people don't as authors. And it, it really depends on who you surround yourself with. And it's just as important that you, you find that tribe if it's not within your immediate area that you seek out other people. I mean, I met Anastasia through a children's book group and I ended up reading her children's book, All My Auntie Nan's Bedtime Stories. And now we have a show, to, a show together. Um, I met you, CO, through um, my cousin. And uh -huh. now we work together doing, uh -huh. doing books and stuff. So it's like you have to find your tribe because not everybody has it in their immediate area. They don't have that, that big group of friends or family that uh, will you know catapult them forward like they need to some people truly do live a life alone I guess you would say but they don't have to because right. that their tribe could be inside that computer screen and that's what they that's what people have to realize is that tribe can be anywhere in the world nowadays mm -hmm. that's the best thing about it is you don't have to be alone no matter where you're at so mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation because I, I enjoy talking to you. We talk all the time, um, CEO, and I talk with Anastasia all the time. I'm always, I, when I pitch this idea of the author's porch, she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Like, <laughs> she's my type of people uh -huh. <laughs> because she's ready to do stuff. So yeah. Anastasia, do you have any questions for CEO before we head out for the night? Because it's getting late and I know she wants her glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> you do know me. <laughs> Um, I do have a question. How can I purchase um, the author copies from you of your two books? I can get you copies, Anastasia, and I will get you copies. So yeah, stick around and I will get you. If anybody wants to purchase my books, um, they can go through my website. It's booksbycovalt.com. So booksbycovalt.com is my website. And I have this fabulous lady helping me with my website named CJ and she has the links on there for me so that people can just click directly onto the links um, for the books. So yeah, yeah, I'd love it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we have uh, CO's website on the show notes. So you can find her Facebook page, her books, everything on her website. And she has a Facebook page. You want to follow her Facebook page because all of her updates as she's writing books is going through her Facebook page as well. And CO, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Anything that you want to share with our audience? Anything you want to say about your books before we head out for the night? Oh my gosh, I could probably talk for another hour. So I don't think you want me to do that. There have been, I mean, I will if you really want. But um, I mean, I just have so many people in my life. Like I said, my pod, pod mates at work, my best friend, Sherry, um, my mom and her friend, Bev and Mary, and just um, my husband. I, I would like to say my daughter does the covers for my book. And I actually have these. I don't know if you can see them. I have, this is Sadie's story cover. I had it put on canvas. And then... We have Nevaeh's story on canvas. Um, my daughter, Peyton Kale, is a tattoo artist and she designs my book covers for me. Um, my children's book, The Forgotten Graveyard, I'll be honest with you, um, it may be the only children's book I ever write. I do like to write children's books, but um, I 
had these kids in third grade and I loved them so much. I wanted to teach them another year. I didn't feel like I was done with them. So I looped and took my entire class with me. So I had these students for third and fourth grade and they knew I was writing a book and they were really upset when they, they were told they're not allowed to read my book. And one of them said, well, you need to write a book to us and dedicate it to us. And I'm like, all right, what do you want me to write? And they're like, oh, and a ghost story. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll write you a ghost story. So I wrote this book literally for my students. And then when COVID hit and we, I didn't get to say goodbye to them. And, you know, it's always hard to say goodbye after a year with these kids. We love our students. And um, I didn't get to say goodbye after two years. So it became very important to finish the book. And um, it is dedicated to every one of the students in the class. Their name is in the book um, as, as being dedicated. And I was able to order each of them a copy and deliver it to them Aww. at their house during COVID. Uh-huh. So um, I enjoyed that. The hard part is going from writing something so deep as uh, Sadie's story and Nevaeh's story to write in a children's book <laughs> it's a little hard to switch back and forth so um but i but that was a book that was literally written because i absolutely love my students so um, and my other students are enjoying it too they're reading it this year so but um i just i appreciate all the support i get and cj you have been amazing to me um i am a horrible person with technology ask cj she'll tell you if she'll tell you this anastasia <laughs> I really am terrible. Um, I don't like public. technology. <laughs> Do what? I said, I'll never say it in public. <laughs> okay, you can. I will be the first to admit I'm terrible with it. So many meltdowns and some tears. And um, and I really, really appreciate everything you're doing, CJ. And, and just Beth for connecting us together. And, you know, I have Shauna who has become this friend from high school who's now like, hey, I will edit your books, you know, and between my, my mom and Sherry and her that the editing is happening. And um, I just have a, incredible. And of course, my husband, he bought me a she shed, which is where I'm sitting in to write <laughs> in and, um, and all of that. So yeah, I have, I have an amazing family and friends that help me. That's awesome. good. And I thank them. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you have. And I thank you guys. Thank you for having me on here. This is fun. Yeah, (laughs) we like to keep it like this because, um, like I always say, every good conversation starts on the porch. You know, I always look back to that old Rascal Flat song where it says, um, you know, sitting on the porch drinking ice cold cherry coke, watching the clouds go by, you know, back when Andy Griffith and all those folks were just hanging out and just, you know, people were just people. And uh-huh. there's no barrier. Well, if you're ever in, in- well, if you're ever in India, and cows and goats and chickens and turkeys, and you can come hang out and sit on the porch, and I'll make your iced tea. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we're we're gonna be uh, making yeah. sure we make our way. You're invited to Anastasia. You know that. Thank you. <laughs> we're gonna have to take a trip. We're all gonna have to come together. But we're gonna go ahead and end the show for the for tonight. Um, we are so excited for your journey, uh, CO. 
and we're waiting for Danielle's story to come out and Nathan's story and see what other books you have up your sleeve. Your children's book is actually going to be a present um, for my one a very special nephew of mine. Who I work I work with him a lot. We read a lot of books together. He'll read it and then I'll read it or I'll read it and then he'll read it. So he's getting your children's book for Christmas. He actually just became an author of his own in his own right. He is 15 years old. He wrote his first book. I'm helping him work on his second book now that he's writing. It's a vampire story, vampire, um, uh, what is it? Vampires meets underworld uh, type of story. So anyways, so just know that your book is getting out there and reaching a lot of people. So everything, um, when an author writes a book, what people don't understand is you can actually touch somebody's whole world. So your, your words are important. So thank you for coming on the show tonight and we'll definitely be in touch. I'm going to link you guys up in a message right after we get off of the show. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Bye, Anastasia. Bye, CJ. Bye. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Author's Porch. Bye. Bye. Good night.